Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn me to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We've taken our scripture text out of, out of this every, every week. And I want to do that again today. I want to be talking to you concerning proving God. But I want to talk to you in terms of the blessing of the tither. The blessing of the tither. Malachi chapter 3, look with me in verse number 10. The Bible says, Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. One translation says, Prove me. Try me, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I want to stop right there just long enough to ask you this. Have I know you've read that scripture over and over and over again, probably. You've heard ministers speak on that scripture, but have you ever digested that scripture? It's one thing to chew something up, but have you ever digested it? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Prove me, says the Lord, and see if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I like what verse 11 says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I don't have time this morning to go back and and to go over a lot of things that we dealt with earlier concerning Abraham and Melchizedek and all of that. I want to start right here this morning. When you look at the Old Testament, there were some covenants that was laid forth for you and I as a child of God. Matter of fact, the last book of the Old Testament contains a powerful presentation. This book in Malachi, that some of these scriptures here, but this whole book really is a, is a powerful presentation on tithing. It's most often referred to because of the promises of the blessing of Almighty God when we are obedient to do this. There are several lessons that we, that we look at and that surround the promises of the blessing. When you look in Malachi, the prophet here began by telling Israel that he had the, the burden of the word of the Lord to them. You can go back and maybe you can do this later on this afternoon in Malachi chapter 1 verse 1. And you can look at the scriptures and what he was talking about. And you say, well, pastor, if, that's a, if he said this in verse 1, the burden of the Lord, the word of the Lord, how, how can something so wonderful be a burden? Let me, let, me, let me explain something to you. How many knows that sometimes a burden has a way of discerning the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts? When we have something on our mind, when we have something on our heart, we're going to be thinking those things out more, more real than we ever have before, more true than we ever have. And so it discerns the, the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The world, as we know it, is generally interested in, in this thing called money. Matter of fact, you and I, if we'd be honest with ourselves, we're interested in this thing called money. We've got to have money to live by, Right? We've got to have money to buy food with. We've got to have money to pay our mortgage, our rent, our light bill, all of those things. <laughs> and I don't want to deal so much with this, with this aspect of money to get, you, to get you off of where we're going this morning. But it's okay to, to have to deal with that. We have to deal with that each and every day on this subject. 
And we can see how this example of our life and how we, how we follow that specific plan. And, and when we honor God with that, when other people then begin to see how we honor God with that. When other people begin to see how we, how we are blessed uh, and our needs are met and, and, and yet we're unselfish and, and they're seeing God's word in action. It speaks volumes to them. It testifies to them. It costs money, as you know, to operate a church. It costs money to operate ministries. It costs money to operate missions and so forth and so on. And God gave you and I power this morning. God gave you and I wealth this morning. Say, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm wealthy. Well, yes, you are. I promise you, I can take you some places that you can, you'll be rich where I can take you. And there's places I don't even know about. But there's some places that I've been, right, Sister Carol, that they would call us rich today. And so we are wealthy today. And so God blessed us in order that we can be a blessing. Amen. We are blessed to be a blessing. Malachi's message moved immediately to this biblical example. When you look in Malachi chapter 1 of these two brothers of Jacob and Esau, both were sinners. And, and, and the Bible makes that point very, very clear. But Jacob had a heart for God. Esau did not. Jacob placed high value on the blessing and the presence of God. But Esau, he didn't do that. Jacob's life suffered from his deception, the things that he was involved in. And he reaped a very, very painful harvest for it. But he was repentant. That's very important. He was very repentant. But Esau sought repentance. And he had rebelled for so long that his heart had become so hard that he just could not seem to change. Listen, when you look in this scripture, Jacob desired the blessings of Almighty God for his life. I mean, when you look in Genesis chapter 28, verse 20, the Bible says this, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me, and if God will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I can come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I I have set for a pillow shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So he had this thing, he had this understanding that God, he understood the blessings of Almighty God. He understood if he followed the plan of God, that God was going to richly bless him. When you go on further in Malachi, you'll find that Malachi dealt with the problem of the backslidden religious leaders of that, of that day. Matter of fact, when Malachi Micaiah chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. And you say, Wherein have we despised your name? And on and on we can go and read that. And then God proceeded to answer his own questions. He proceeded to answer some of these things. He began to talk to you and I about Christ. Christians in verse number 11 and he said this he says my name shall be great among the Gentiles and in every place uh, in every place incense shall be offered unto my name and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen saith the Lord of hosts listen church if you don't hear nothing else I say today then understand and go out of this place today more important than you are more important than I am we have to know that God Almighty is the most important thing 
thing in our life today. He's the one that sustains us. He's the one that keeps us. He's the one that watches our way as we go. He's the one that prepares our footsteps as we go. He's the one that prepares the pathway as we go. He's the one that is our provider today. He's the one that's the giver of life today. He's the one that is our source today. We don't ever need to forget that God is in charge today of our life. Amen. In every area, he's in charge. Jesus taught us to call God our Father in Matthew. We receive comfort from that Father today. We receive comfort because he looks at us as his children. And we look to him as our Father. He said, if then I be a father, then where is mine honor? Remember the command in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. It says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all of thy increase. Remember, remember the first fruits of thy increase. And God said to bring the tithe into the storehouse because that's the method that he chose to fund the operation of his house. God preferred method to, to honoring, honoring him with the tithe is, is to bring it with us as we come, as we've done this morning, to, to the house of God. Now, I don't, I don't want to I don't get into you this morning concerning, well, Pastor, I, I, I've had people tell me I need to tithe on my gross or I need to tithe on my net and all these things, and, and we can argue with that and we can debate that, but can I, just, can I just put it very in simple terms for you? Whatever and however God gives you increase. Everybody say increase. Then I tithe on it. Understand what I'm going to do. When God blesses me with increase, no matter where it is, no matter where it comes from, hello, that's increase to me. I'm going to tithe on it. Because you remember last week when I said, or was it a week or two ago, when the priest stood up and he had that bundle of barley and he began to do the wave offering in the form of a cross. And that priest of that day said, well, the tithe, the first fruits is holy. Therefore, the whole field is holy. Amen. And when I bring my tithe in essence, Brother David, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm waving it before the Lord this morning. I'm giving it unto Jesus this morning. And whatever he blessed and whatever he's holy, everything else I got in my pocketbook or my bank account, he said is holy this morning. Hallelujah. That ought to make us shout today. Amen. Hallelujah. So on the increase, Jesus appeared to be allowing for this when he said, Matthew 22 and 21, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Let me remind you one more time, he's the owner. You're the steward. He's the owner, but he's blessed me, and he's given me responsibility to take care of what's his. Amen. And I, I'm a steward of what he's blessed me with. He's the owner, and he may ask for it at any time. He's the owner, so he may ask for any amount at any time. Have you ever been in a service or been somewhere before, and the Lord just dropped something in your spirit and said, I want you to give this to so-and-so? You ever done that before? And you say, well, Lord, where'd that come from? And your next question, you may say, Lord, I don't have that. And the next question, you may say, Lord, how do you want me to do that? Because I don't have it. And some way and somehow, when we find ourselves in obedience to the Lord, it shows up. And we're able to give and we're able to do what God has called us to do. Amen. And so we've got to understand who is the source this morning. We've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt who is the source today. And can I tell you, it's him. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Several years ago, a young pastor 
invited this guest speaker to his church. And as the pastor visited with his guests, he shared what a tough time that, that they were having financially. And the older minister asked this young pastor about his, about his belief in the practice of tithing. And the pastor said he felt that it was a good thing to do, but he rarely ever did it personally. He said, I believe that, but I, but I rarely ever do it. And his guest that he invited responded this way. And his guest said, well, let me give you an advantage of my own experience. If you will give God the first tenth of all that comes to you, I will back you financially. Any month in which you do not have enough for your, for your, uh, for your necessities, all you've got to do is just simply to call me. I will promptly send you the money to meet your, to meet your need. And so that pastor, that church, he agreed to that. Months later, they had their next opportunity to, to come together. And the older minister inquired about this financial circumstance. And he says, we're, we're, we're doing just fine, the young pastor said. He continued, he said, he said, there's more to that story. He said, you offered me that confidence. You give me the confidence to become a tither. And one day he said, while I was praying, God asked me the most challenging question he ever asked me. And this was the question. How can man's guarantee, supported by, the, by very limited resources, give you the confidence to obey my word, which you did not have the confidence to obey, knowing that my word is backed by my unlimited, by my unlimited resources? Amen. How can this man give you the confidence in other words, to take him up on his offer when he's got limited resources, when my word can provide for you an unlimited resource. Listen to me, church. My God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. My God owns everything. My God owns gold that he just puts down on the streets for you and I to walk on this morning. Hallelujah. Y'all going to have to get with me this morning. Man, this is shouting ground. But I understand, Terry, who's in charge. I don't have to worry about it anymore. When I understand who's got it all in the palm of his hand, I ain't got to stress out about it anymore. Because the promise of the God says, if I tithe, if I'm obedient to him, he would rebuke, rebuke the devourer for my sake. You talk about pastor, he'll do that just for you? Oh, yeah, he will. But not only that, he'll do it for you too. Hallelujah. He'll do it for you too. I want to show you something this morning. I want to read a testimony of a, of a, of a person that comes to our church. This will bring it back home to you a little bit. I had, I had Brother Reigns to, to send it to me. Here, 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 this, this, is, this is Laura's words. I have to share a story with you. This past year, God has really been getting, with, getting me about tithing. I wasn't doing it because last year was a financially stressful year. It just seemed like there wasn't enough to go around. Anyway, the last couple of times at church, he was really getting serious with me, talking about God. So the last two weeks, I was like, okay, God, I'm trusting you, and I just did it. Well, Pastor Danny's message about proving God I just, kept, just kept getting at me, so I listened for a change. I hope she listens all the time. I don't know where Laura is, but if you're listening, Laura. <laughs> Long story short. I had one of Jake's medical bills that I was paying on, but the payment never came out this month. So I called and they said I had an overpayment on another account that they had transferred to this account, and it was paid off now, $301. I said, are you sure? She checked and said, yes, ma'am, I'm sure. So I was like, wow, God, you proved it to me again. So I did it again this past Sunday, and I just logged on to pay my credit card payment, and I didn't know as much as I thought that I did 
by, as she said, like by a lot. So I got checking again, and I had a credit for $753 from LeBonner. I am too excited this Monday morning, and I just had to share that with somebody today. Amen. You say, Pastor, those kind of things happen? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And it was just God's way of proving to Laura that I'm, I'm in charge. I've got you. I've got you. Can I tell you that God, God describes God describes the blessing available at, to the tither as abundant. Everybody say abundant. abundant. He describes it as abundant, as abundant. He says, bring all the tithe to God, put him first, and he will be your source. He says, prove me now, says the Lord. Yes. Prove me now. God wants us to enjoy our needs met. He does. Yes. He wants us to know that he's able and willing to provide for us. He wants us to be free from the bondage of material things. He wants us to know the freedom of having everything under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now listen to me, church. Listen to me. God wants us to use common sense. He doesn't expect me to go out and buy something. What's that car called, Mavis, one more time? Aston Martin. Anybody know what an Aston Martin car is? It's a sharp-looking car. I'd love to drive one. But I think I would not be in God's will if I went out and bought one. Do you have any idea how much they cost? A lot. <laughs> More than I got. So I've got to use common sense in what God is dealing with me about. Amen. And God wants us to enjoy having our needs met. And so he says, prove him to tithe. What does he say will happen when we prove him through our obedience? He says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven for you. It's a place of plenty. It's a place of beauty. Gold is used for asphalt up in heaven. Amen. And not just cheap gold. It's the kind of gold that's, that you can see through. It's the kind of gold that is translucent. It's the kind of gold that he puts down on the streets up in heaven for you and I one day we're going to walk upon. Amen. Pastor, are you telling me the truth? I'm trying. There's coming a day I'm going to be with my Lord and Savior. There's coming a day I'm going to walk on the streets of gold. There's coming a day I'm going to, I'm going to open the windows of my mansion up in glory and smell the fresh breath of air, of heaven's air. Amen. Oh, Lord, help us here. <laughs> We talk about this so much, sunshine, that sometimes I wonder if we really believe it. We read these scriptures so long, it seems like I wonder if us church folk really believe this is going to take place. My Bible tells me there's coming a time that the dead in Christ is going to rise. My Bible tells me we which are alive and remain is going to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. My Bible tells me that if my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, I'm going to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. My Bible tells me that there's mansions that he's preparing for you and I right this very moment. My Bible tells me there's gates and walls of jasper and gates of pearl and streets of gold and there's seas up there that we can look at and enjoy. I, I, I'm trying to talk to you a little bit about heaven today. The blessing of the tither. That's part of the blessing of the tither, amen. He'll rebuke the devourer on my sake, but not only that, he's prepared a place for me in glory, amen. He's prepared a place. Is God going to tear up the, the streets of gold to enrich us when we tithe? No. 
If he does that, you limit God. God's limitless. You think that's all he's got? <laughs> you think that's all the resources that he's got? Nah. He's got all the resources that you and I need, amen. He's promised to meet every one of our need according to our riches and glory by Christ Jesus, amen. And he describes this blessing that's available to us as abundant. He said it would be so big we would not have room enough to receive it. Most of us, we feel the need for that blessing and we're tempted to say, okay, God, try me with that blessing. I've been tempted to do that and probably have done that before. But here's the thing, but God says we are supposed to try him. We're supposed to try him. God is a God of abundance, but he's not a God of wastefulness. God is a God of abundance, but he's not a God of wastefulness. I've watched in my own life, and you can testify this same, this same testimony. In my own life, how God has blessed me according to my capacity to handle the blessing. You ever wonder, there's some folks can't handle some blessings because they're not matured enough yet to handle them. Is that okay? But when God understands that I'm mature enough to handle the blessing, he'll pour it on me. When I'm obedient enough to handle the blessing, he'll, he'll pour it on me. When somebody comes or blesses you, let's, since we just talk about this, this thing with money, it's, it's so prevalent in our minds that you can understand that if, if some kind of com, somebody comes and blesses you with a financial blessing today or next week, some of us, we stand off to the side with, oh, hallelujah, thank God. Do it again, Lord, do it again. Never thinking that God has blessed us so that we can, in turn, be a blessing to somebody else. That's good preaching right there. We like to keep it. We like to hoard it up. We like to put it in the bank account. We like to pad our billfold and our pocketbook with it. But God blesses you so that you could be a blessing. God anoints you so you could anoint somebody else. God gives you a word so you could give a word to somebody else. Amen. That's how his plan works. It's how it's always worked. And it's abundant. Amen. The windows of heaven are always open to the tither. Listen to this little story. I come across this the other day and this is pretty cool. Junior Harden who's a guy that lives in Fort Pierce, Florida, makes his living with a 51-foot fishing boat. Called his wife one day to tell her he was about to depart on a fishing run and he wanted to know if, if they've paid their tithes yet. I'm getting ready to leave and I just want to know if you paid the tithe. His wife talked to him and told him, said, no, I'm holding the tithe money in the checking account because, because $280 was all that, I, that we have. And he said, take it to the church. You know I can't go fishing owing God money. So she took it to the church. And when he and his crew found fish, they were in rocky, a rocky part of the, the area there where the boat could not safely go. And as they maneuvered, they struck a rock and which pierced a little hole in the hull. The, the boat began to take on quantities of seawater and, and, uh, and lean heavily on one side. The men were struggling to hold on when Junior cried out. He said, Lord, I am a tither. And you said you would rebuke the devourer for the tither. He said immediately the boat was lifted off the rock and began to ride itself up. 
they quickly shoved off and, and pumped the water out of the hole and began to prepare the, prepare the hole. And he said, just as things begin to look promising, the pump motors stopped. And they run out of gasoline. And the boat engines ran on diesel. And there was no more gasoline on board. And as the water poured in around the moat, the, the pump motor, it, it stuck in the hole in the boat. And Junior began to pray again very loud. And he says, dear Lord, you got us off the rock. And you, you, you put this boat right, right, right side back up. And unless you help us, we will still sink. This old boat is the only way I have to make a living. Somehow, Lord, save us and save this old boat. He said the water stopped coming in. They made it back to dock. Later, when the boat was repaired, they returned to where they had sighted the fish. They were still confining themselves to the shoals, and he let down the nets anyway. That's not a, a, a perfect way he said to catch fish, but they let the nets down. And those passive nets, the fish would have to catch themselves, in other words. And they did, he said. When they began to haul in the nets, they had more fish than they could store in their boat. They called to another boat for help, and they, and they shared the surplus of fish with that boat, and they headed for home. And when they got home, upon selling the catch, they received 28 thousand dollars junior's little tithe check had been two hundred and eighty dollars what a coincidence or rather is it the blessing of almighty god amen. amen now i can give you story after story after story and you've got some of them yourself i'm just trying to tell you this morning this thing that god has set up in the area of finance works amen. when we prove god he's never failed to show up Hallelujah. He's never failed. Brother Mike, is it okay? Can I share what you raised yesterday? They've been raising money for Brittany in, in the hospital. Can I tell you how God blessed them yesterday? Y some of y'all probably saw it on Facebook. In a little auction, just a little auction up in Little Steel, Missouri. They, rose, they raised right under $20,000. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, Pastor, why do you bring Brother Mike into it? Because he's a tither. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you, it works. It works. God proves himself to us over and over again. God desires to bless his people today. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel something all over me right now. God desires to keep us where we need to be kept. God desires to put food on our table. God desires to put crows and raiment on our back simply because we can be obedient to the voice and the power and the word of Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for his mercy. God promised to rebuke the devourer for the sake of the tither. You know what actually that, that means? The act of tithing itself. When you brought your tithe this morning to the house of God, the act of tithing itself is a rebuke to Satan. <laughs> it, it's a rebuke to Satan. This act itself declares the lordship of Jesus over the worshiper. It declares the stewardship of the believer over that which has been entrusted to him. Think about this. It ain't no wonder. It ain't no wonder Satan hates the tither. This ain't my message, but let me stop here long enough to tell you. When you placed your tithe in the offering plate this morning, Satan despised you for doing that. He hated you for doing that. He don't like it when you trust God. Mm. He don't like it when you place your, your livelihood in his hands. 
He don't like it when I place my life in his hands. Why, 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 why pastor? Because he knows he's going to take care of me. He knows I ain't going out. I'm just going up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No wonder he resents the tither. It cuts him off from his most productive avenue to deceive and to enslave us. And that's the avenue of materialism. That's the avenue of things that we can possess. He's aware that God's promise to rebuke him is no idle threat. He's been rebuked constantly by God on behalf of the tither for hundreds and thousands of years. Amen. Let me give you one more little story as we close this morning. Talking about God. You know, God can be in anything. God's in all kinds of stuff. But this little story talks about God raises cotton. You ever thought about that? God can raise cotton. There's a guy by the name of Arlie Rogers who lives in California. His friends referred to him as the sweet potato king out of respect for his great farming operation that he had. Arlie is one of the best examples of faithfulness. This story goes over great resources, he said, that I've ever seen. But today's prosperity is a result of faithfulness over small things in the past. When Harley and his brother first moved to California, they worked, along, uh, they worked long and hard to accumulate enough to buy one piece of land in the San Joaquin Valley, if I if I've pronounced that right. After years of working and waiting, they finally obtained the farm. Money crop was cotton, and so they invested everything they had sowing cotton. When the young cotton plants went out on the ground, good not long after that, a sandstorm blew through the valley and killed everybody's cotton. Arlie called the pastor to come out to his farm. They walked with Pastor Burnham out and looked at the disaster. And they explained to him, everything we had, Pastor, was in this crop. We didn't have any money left, and we have no credit left to replant. We are completely ruined. Now we will lose everything. Pastor Burnham responded. He said, no, fellas, it's really not that bad. The God we serve raised his own son from the dead, so I don't understand why cotton is a problem for him. With that statement, Pastor got out on his knees and laid hands on that piece of dirt, cotton field, and began to pray a little simple prayer. And he said, Father, these men are tithers. You said you would rebuke the devourer for the tither. I'm asking you to manifest the power of your word and fulfill the promise right here in this cotton field. Bring this cotton back to life and give these men a good crop in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor got up, he said, that ought to take care of it. He brushed off the dirt of his pants and went on his way. A few days later, the Rogers brothers called the pastor back, back to their farm. Pastor, you, you just got to come out here. I want to show you a miracle. God rebuked the devourer, and they did have a good crop. They had a pastor who knew how to pray, a prayer of faith. They served a God who is faithful to his word, and they were believers who were also faithful in the word. They were tithers, and through that little prayer, Satan was defeated, and the crop that they thought was dead was resurrected and made a bumper crop for them that year. Amen. You think God can't do it? God can do it. Satan is still the devourer. You say, Pastor, if that's the case, boy, how, I, I want to tap into some of that. You understand you've got some weapons. One of your weapons is you're a tither. One of your weapons is you can pray. One of your weapons is you can trust in an almighty God. Amen. That's a weapon I have. I don't have to carry around an AK, whatever, 
15 or whatever it's called, 47, whatever, 15. I know a lot about it. I, I probably don't even know what it is. I got some guns, though. I don't have to carry around those things. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is my assault weapon. Amen. And so through tithing and prayer, he can, the enemy can be defeated. Amen. And our obedience to tithing puts the power of the Word of God. Power of the Word of God. As they get ready to come to music, God is... God has established God has established the principles and declared his promises. He delights in fulfilling in the truth. He delights in blessing us. He delights. Can you just imagine can you imagine with me just a moment God sitting up on his throne and Every Sunday we come together, Brother Rains, and we get to that part of worship and the tithing offering, and we release that into the Lord and how it pleases God. I don't know about you, and maybe I'm just weird, and, and that's okay. Brother Roger, I can just almost picture God grinning. Said, that's, that's my boy. That's my girl. She's honoring me today. He's honoring me today with the tithe. He's releasing what I've given. He's being the steward that I've called him to be. I've called her to be. He's following the promise that I've set forth in his word. I like what Laura said. God, you did it again. You've proved it to me again. That's one of your folks. That's one of us. These other little stories I gave you we may not know about, but I gave you one that we know about. He delights in fulfilling His truth and blessing to us. Can I tell you that love for our God should be the biggest motivation that we have today in honoring Him with everything. Honoring Him with everything. We love Him because He first loved us. Even our love for him is returned when we love him. He loves us back. He gives it back. How many farmers would plant and plow every year if they didn't have the hope of a multiplied harvest? Farmers has to be faithful people because they go out there every year and they till that soil. They put that seed in the ground. And they have faith that's going to come up. That faith that's going to come up. Even so, with that, it's, it's all right for you and I as tithers and givers and believers in the Lord concerning His promise that when we sow our seed concerning the tithe and we put it in the ground, spiritually speaking, Brother Rains, I'm just crazy enough to believe it's going to come up. It's, it's going to come up. And we don't ever need to forget, church, that we're blessed to be a blessing. God is our source. God is our source. Malachi says, bring all. We don't need to forget some of those words. Bring all of the tithe. Not just a portion of it. 
a good place to say amen, Pastor. <laughs> Not just 50% of it. Not just 90% of it. Is it all right if I just say this to you? I don't even believe, believe God. I, I, if I just bring 99.999% of it, he ain't pleased. Is that all right? God has required the, tenth, the, the tithe, the tenth. And every week I have the opportunity and the privilege of bringing my tithe, putting in the storehouse for ministry to go forth, for God's work to go forth. Church, I'm, I'm, I, I can't, and I'm not trying to condemn anybody and, and fuss at anybody this morning. Please don't take it. That's between you and God, and you have to do that. I'm not going to knock on your door and send you a letter and say, hey, I've been noticing you ain't been tithing, so you need to get with it. You're not going to get a letter like that from me. I'm going to tell you there's some pastors that sent those letters out. There's a lot of churches that will do that. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just trying to encourage you this morning. You need, to, you need to follow the principles what God has set forth. That's just the way it is. And if you want to be free in your worship, if you want to be free in your obedience to Him, then just honor God with that. Honor God with it. But pastor, I can't afford to. You can't afford not to. Will God really show up and rebuke the devourer? That's what His Word said. I'm just telling you what He said. He said it. And I believe we've got a right to say, just like these, these other testimonies, hey God, this is taking place in my life and you promised in your word to rebuke the devourer. And hey, God, I just want to remind you, I'm a tither. And Lord, so do it. Then get up and brush the dirt off your pants and say, well, that ought to take care of it. <laughs> and go your merry way. And watch God work. All heads bowed and eyes closed real quick. I want to thank you over these last few weeks for indulging me to preach on tithing and giving and offerings. We do that every year to some extent throughout the year. But this, this series on proving God has really got a hold of me, got a hold of my heart to share with you and hopefully you, you have grabbed a hold of this. Go back and study it if you can. Go back and read some of the scriptures. Look what Abraham did and the purpose and all of these things. What Jesus even taught us. And I pray that it will begin to be a blessing and open up some things in your life today. But more importantly than the tithe and the offering, I want to ask you this morning, church, are you ready to go? Are you ready? Are you following the principles of God or are you just living life the way you want to? I can honestly tell you this morning that every one of you, I love you with all of my heart. But I'm being truthful and honest with you this morning when I tell you this. If you're not following God, then you're not going to end up in heaven. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. We don't want to go to hell. I want to be obedient in every walk of my life with the Lord. And my prayer is almost every day, God, if I'm doing something I shouldn't do, then please reveal that to me. Please help me to know the truth. Please help me, God, to fulfill what you've called me to do in this city at this day and time with my family, with me personally. And I hope that your prayer is well. But if you'd be honest with yourself and say, Pastor, I'm not living for the Lord like I need to, do, not need to be living. I'm not doing everything that I need to be doing, and I recognize that. 
And I want to have prayer with you this morning. If, if that's you, could you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? I'm not going to embarrass you this morning, but I do want to pray with you. Thank you so much. In the balcony on this main floor, I, I want to follow God in every area, every walk of my life today. I want to follow Him. I want to follow His plan. I want to let Him be the center of my life. I don't want materials. I don't want possessions. I don't want things to be the center. I want Jesus to be the center of my life today. Would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? We want to pray with you before we go today. If I hadn't missed anybody, I think there was one hand that went up. If I've missed somebody, I apologize. God saw you. You say, Pastor, I'm not tithing like I need to tithe. Would you pray with me that God would convict me and God would put that up on my heart in the next few coming weeks, next few coming days, that God would enable me to give me the strength, give me the know-how, give me the purpose to begin to tithe as He has set forth in His Word. No one looking around. Would you please lift up your hands and put it right back down? I just want God to touch me with it. I'm serious about it. I'm not condemning you this morning. I'm not judging you. But I want to be serious when I come before the Lord. Thank you so much. I want to be obedient when I come before the Lord. I want God to show His work in my life today. With everybody standing all over the house. Father. I want to thank you this morning for the lives that was, was here today. I want to thank you for those that lifted up their hands today that needed to know you in a more intimate, personal way. I want to thank you, God, because they need you in their life today. They've surrendered. They want to surrender their heart over to you. I want to thank you, God, for those that lifted up their hand. that God, to place this area of tithing and worship upon their life, upon their heart. That they, God, could follow the example set forth in your word. They can trust you with their finance. God, let them be the steward that you've called them to be. Let them be the tither you've called them to be. Let them be the giver, oh God, that you've called them to be. You said in your word when we're obedient in that, God, that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. And nations would call us blessed. Truly today, we're a blessed people. Truly today, we're a blessed people as we follow after you, as we follow you, as we follow you. And we love you today. We're so thankful.